Hi, this is Laura Gassner-Odding, and I'm the author of Limitless, How to Ignore Everybody, Carve Your Own Path, and Live Your Best Life. And on my episode of the Business Growth Architect Show, we are discussing how you can be the leader in your own life so that when you achieve success, you actually also achieve happiness. Hello, fabulous person, Beata Shaletti, the Growth Architect. Welcome back to the Business Growth Architect Show, where we bring you cutting-edge business strategies from some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs, business transformation experts, and visionaries who want to help you to scale your impact. Look for one tangible strategy that you can take back and implement right away. And now back to our guest. And welcome back. This is your host, Beata Gillette. And today I am here with Laura Gasner-Otting. And you are going to love her because she's all about entrepreneur growth and making things happen. Laura, I'm so excited for you to be here. Thank you for being on the show. Beata, I'm so excited. Excellent. So let's dive right in. So tell our audience who you are and what you do and what do we need to know about you? So my name is Laura Gassner-Odding, and I'm the author of Limitless, How to Ignore Everybody, Carve Your Own Path, and Live Your Best Life, which is based on 20 years of doing executive search and stewarding leaders through massive moments of career shift and organizations through incredible bits of disruption. Excellent. So that leads me to believe that when it comes to strategy, you probably had quite a large number of different things you encountered in your career. So how do you use strategy? What strategy for you in your personal career and in the business and what you teach right now? So for me, you know, strategy when I was in executive recruiting and I was talking to individuals was about helping them figure out what at this time in their life, at this stage of their career was success for them. So we're all handed the scorecard of somebody else's idea, of somebody else's version, of somebody else's success, something our fourth grade teacher gave us, or maybe an old boss, or maybe a parent, and we're like going bigger, better, faster, more. And it turns out that you can't be insatiably hungry for someone else. Goals. And so we're working really hard at something that doesn't necessarily fulfill us. And then we're wondering why it doesn't work. So for my executive search life, the work that I had to do in strategy was really to help understand what success was that was actually bringing happiness to the people I was trying to recruit so that I could recruit them away in, in a way that was meaningful to them, not just sort of this like, how do you fill in the resume? But when I was running the executive search firm, I really thought about why I was doing it. I wanted to create more impact in the world. I wanted to have more personal freedom and flexibility for my family. And yeah, I wanted to make a lot of money, but I also had this realization that at different points of my life, whether I was prioritizing impact, personal freedom and flexibility, or profit was different depending on where I was in my own personal life, in my own career stage. So I spent a lot of time when I was setting up strategy for my company, thinking about which one I wanted to maximize. And I think, Beate, that you can really maximize two of the three. You can maximize personal freedom and flexibility, you can maximize impact in the world, or you can maximize profit. And I don't know that you can make decisions based on all three at the same time. And so much of what we read out there is like, go, 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 do it all. 
the truth is, I think that if you try to maximize on two of the three, I think the third one eventually comes and we can talk about that in the different ways where I saw that happen. But for me, it was really thinking about what am I basing each decision on? It's not just success writ large from somebody else's point of view, like the bigger bottom line, the bigger boat, the bigger title, the bigger whatever, but really what? why am I running this business in the first place? What is it giving to my life? Is it allowing me to have the kinds of access and the kind of clients that I want. It is allowing me to show up at the soccer field at three o'clock and see my kid play a game. Is it allowing me to retire earlier, right? What are the things that it's giving to me? And am I making decisions based on that, my own definition of success, or am I making decisions based on somebody else's? I love that. So there's a couple of things I've heard that I want to dive in a little bit deeper. So number one, you know what you just said reminds me of the advice I always give to entrepreneurs. You can pick uh, between price, quality, and service, you only can pick two, but never three. You know, all three. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? So it's, yes. it's almost like that, what you just said. It's, it's yeah, like, they said you can have it like good, fast, or cheap. But you yes. can, if it's good and fast, it's not going to be cheap. And if it's fast and cheap, it's not going to be good, right? But I think that that's the thing. Like, if you decide you want to have a bigger impact and serve more clients in a way that maybe you're not maximizing your profitability, that's going to that's going to change how you make decisions. If all you're doing is saying I want to make as much money as possible, well, you're not going to be able to show up for dinner every night with your family, right? And that may be fine. That may be where you are at this point of your life. But I think the strategy has to be intentional. I love that. Yes. So so that was the other thing where I, I don't think I've ever quite heard this. And, and I, I am a strategist that somebody says, my strategy, the strategy of all strategies is that I first have to have a strategy. Where do I want to go? And so my question on that would be, because this is the, the second thing everybody says, but I don't know. And they are unclear about where they want to go. And for those of you who are uh, listening to this on the on the podcast, she's nodding. So she knows exactly what. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you exactly how this happened for me. I, I sat down with the business coach when I was about six years into running my last business. And he, uh, you know, he basically was like, I, you know, I don't, I don't get it. Like, what, what do you need help with? You've got like a successful business. Things are great. You're growing 100% every year. What do you need help with? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just feel like things are just getting faster and faster and faster. But I don't know. Like, I'm making a lot of money, great, but I'm really stressed and I'm yelling at my kids and I'm not home enough and I don't get to have like weekends away with my husband and I'm just not happy. Why am I not like everything's great? Why am I not happy? And I think this happens to a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people who run businesses where suddenly like things are working. So why does it suck? Like, why is it hard? And he said, well, what do you want your life to look like in five years? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I want to be successful and I want to have healthy kids and I want to you know, be involved in my community and I want to go on vacations. And he's like, no, 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 no. How many vacations do you want to take? Where do you want those vacations to be? Do you want to fly first class? Or are you flying coach? Are you staying at the Four Seasons? Are you staying at the Holiday Inn? Are you buying a new car every year? Is that car Hyundai or is that car Maserati? Are you giving money to charitable organizations? Are you giving your time or are you endowing a scholarship? Right? It's like, what do you want your life to look like? Like, let's get really, really, really nitty gritty. And no shade to people who don't want to give any money away and who want to fly coach and who want to stay in the Holiday Inn. Fine, that's awesome, right? But what is your life? What is the life that you want to have going to cost? 
And for some of us, it's going to cost a lot of money. And for some of us, it's going to cost a lot of time. So if I'm the kind of person who likes to jet off to fancy international cosmopolitan cities and stay in four-star hotels, five-star hotels, and have my breakfast in bed and 800 thread count sheets overlooking the Eiffel Tower, that doesn't take a lot of time, right? But it costs a whole lot of money. On the other hand, if I'm somebody who likes to go deep into the wilderness and have that breakfast in my sleeping bag over a campfire, looking out over the Grand Canyon with the bugs and the bears and the bees, you can tell which side I'm on. That doesn't cost a lot of money, but it sure takes a lot of time, right? Yeah. So what does the life you want look like? How much does it cost you in terms of your time, in terms of your effort, in terms of your energy, in terms of your bank account? And then are you running a business that throws off that amount of money? So when I ran my business in the beginning, he said to me, he's like, well, how do you pay yourself? And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I make a lot of money and I bring it in for my clients and then I pay my people, of course. And then I, you know, update my website and my CRM and, you know, my marketing stuff. And I, you know, go to a different conferences and I network. And then I put a little money away from a rainy day and then I pay myself what's left over. And I was really proud of that answer until he looked at me and he was like, that's the dumbest answer possible. <laughs> <laughs> he basically was like, what do you want your life to look like? And are you running a business that throws off that amount of money for you? If you start there, which is a completely opposite way, then I think a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of business owners run their business. They like run it to like, let me bring in as much business as I can, and then I'll pay myself whatever I make. Well, maybe you're bringing in too much business. Maybe you're not bringing in enough business. Maybe there is, you know, the sine wave where right now there's a ton of work, but then like, what if the phone stops ringing or the three days after New Year's and you're like, is the phone ever going to ring again? And then on day four, it rings. And all of a sudden you say yes to everything because you're afraid because the phone was just not ringing. So now you're too busy again. And it took me a really long time to sit down and say, okay, when do I get calls for inquiries? And how long does it take between inquiry and close? And when do my contracts normally close? And when I looked at that over the course of the previous eight years, I was like, huh, I get a lot of calls the first two weeks of January and the first two weeks of April and the first two weeks of July and the first two weeks of September. Interesting. I close a lot of contracts the second two weeks of January, the second two weeks of April, the second two weeks of July, and the second two weeks of September. So if it's December 1 and suddenly I'm like, hmm, I'm finishing a lot of projects, the phone's not ringing, oh no, I can now look at eight years of data and say, no worries, the phone's going to ring in two weeks. So maybe I'll go take a little vacation right now and actually not sit by the phone and stress and try to like will it through my Vulcan powers to ring, <laughs> right? But instead, just take some time off, spend some time with my family and have confidence that the phone will ring because the phone has always rung. So it's really like, what do I want to make over the course of a year? What do I want to make over the course of three years? And do I have the historical data to say, and we all do, like we have files that have contracts that have dates on them. We can figure that out. It just takes like a few days of sitting down and figuring it out. But being able to do that and then showing that to my staff of 30 people who are also like, is the phone going to ring? What am I going to do? I don't really know. It's feast or famine. Suddenly everybody was calm because they were like, yeah, cool. I know I'm going to make X numbers of dollars over the course of the year. So if it's quiet right now, I'm not going to freak out. And I actually will feel okay spending the second two weeks of August when things are quiet, working on marketing materials or just reaching out to people in the CRM or all the stuff that we don't do when we're so busy panicking. 
I love that. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna break this down for our audience a little bit in uh, more finite detail. So the idea of your strategy is to go and say, before I even do any strategy, I'm gonna figure out what I want my life to look like, so that I can reverse engineer the strategy to get there. So that means if I need to make this amount of money because of the desire that I have, then that is how I reverse engineer it to get to that number. Yes. Not throwing everything at that number and then see what's left over. And then I'll adjust my life according to what the leftovers is, which is, if I say like that, really not a good idea, right? But we just, all do it. Every all, one of us. That's how we all start businesses. Yeah. I feel a little bit busted right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but shh, let's not tell that to anybody. <laughs> and the second, the second piece to that is, is then to say, look at historically what your business does. And then instead of buying involuntarily into that rat race circle, look at what the data really tells you. And then when you recognize the wave, and so the income sign wave doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It could be a predictive predictive index, so to speak, on to say, well, if I rarely get a lot of phone calls from February 15th, or let's say Valentine's Day to the end of the month, I am going from here on out on a great Valentine's Day trip. Right. Or to say like, there's going to be two weeks, once a quarter that I know the phone's not going to ring. And I also know there's going to be two weeks every quarter where the phone is going to ring so much that I cannot even step away from my desk to pee, right? So how do I want to spend my time? I want to make sure that during the two months or during the two weeks that it's super quiet, I take one of those weeks and I go on vacation. I take another week and that's the week where we sit and we do planning for the next quarter or we you know, do a website audit or we go through our CRM and we figure out you know, which, which clients haven't or prospects haven't been touched in a long time, right? Like there are things that we should be doing in terms of maintenance for our business. We should do an audit of our, of our, you know, of all of our insurance and risk and things like that. Like there's things that we should do, like the regular boring maintenance stuff, but the stuff that takes a lot of time if it we we have a crisis around it, right? So like you take a week and you take that time for yourself. You take, you know, you take a week and you do like the planning and the reinvestment in that. And then during the two weeks that are so super crazy busy, you also know that's coming. So you don't take on personally a lot of client work if you're the person whose job it is to be bringing in the, the you know, making it rain. So the work that I did, I was able to look at my calendar and it would just became much more predictable. So it became much more chaotic in my life and it became then much more stressful for me as an entrepreneur. I love that a lot. Yes. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Listening to you talk, Laura, it feels like you you have this innate ability to implement strategy, not even, you know, not even like on the conscious part, but it it just kind of like happened and then you made it made it a strategy because you recognized the pattern. Would that be a fair statement? No, I I really literally had to have that business coach hit me over the head. I think his exact <laughs> words were stop being such a girl. Like literally, I think that's what he said to me when I told him how I was paying myself. He was like, why are you just waiting for the leftover crumbs? He was like, stop being such a girl. And I was like, okay, first of all, ouch. And second of all, that's offensive. And third of all, you're really right. (laughs) I stand stand corrected then. So it it, it took, it definitely took time. I think I have innate, I have an innate ability now after the fact, 25 years on being a serial entrepreneur to talk about it as if it's an expert 
thing that I've always known. But no, I think every entrepreneur, everybody who runs a business has to figure it out the hard way. I mean, none of us, you, you cannot, you can read all you want. You can get a master's degree in running your business in entrepreneurship and all of that. You can work with strategists all day long, but the truth is you just got to mess up enough times and realize that the cortisol pumping, bowel shaking, stress and dread of, is the phone going to ring? Oh my God, the phone's ringing too much. Is the phone going to ring? Oh my God, the phone's ringing too much. Is just not a long-term tenable solution. And, and, and the truth is that there are ways that we can figure it out. And, and sometimes it just takes just stopping. Like, here's the thing. I used to believe that if I stopped doing my work for a couple of days, my business would fall apart. I really honestly did. I was like, I got to do everything. I got to be everywhere. I have to do everything for all people. And also, by the way, I have to pick my kids up from school every day and take them to the park and do all those things. But through the magic of the cell phone, which I think at the time might've been a Palm Trio, taking my little kids to the park who are now like almost, one is in college, other one's almost in college. It's been a while. I was like, I can be everywhere at once. And then I had lunch with somebody who said, you know, if you're trying to be everywhere at once, you're really nowhere. And also, more importantly, if you were running a business where you can't pick up your kids, put your phone in the trunk of your car, and for an hour, play on the slides and take them out for ice cream, then either your business cannot survive without you because you're not teaching your people how to do their work well enough, or you're just a micromanager. And I was like, well, I don't want either one of those things to be true. So she said... And this was maybe the hardest bit of personal and professional advice I ever got in my life, Pieta, but she said, you're just not that important. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I'm so important. I'm important to my business. I'm important mm-hmm. to my family. I'm important to my community. I'm like growing all the things at once. And she was like, you're just not. And if you are that important, then you've got bigger problems. You shouldn't be that important. And so it really took time for me to say, okay, well, if I'm not that important to every single client interaction in my company, where am I that important? And I am that important to teaching my people how to have better client interactions so I don't have to do it all. I am that important to helping them understand what crises need to rise to the level of me and which ones they get to solve on their own and then teaching them how to do it, giving them the training and the confidence and the autonomy. And what I realized from the conversation is there are places in my life where I am that important whether it's with my family, whether it's my community, whether it's my business, and I should double the hell down there. But everywhere else, I don't need to double down there. I can walk away. That's the difference between leadership and ownership. I think that sometimes when we when we still feel that it's all built on us and it's us and it's us and it's us, then there's this attachment that it can't be without us. But when we step into leadership, and we look at it as an independent entity. It's almost like, you know, like with our kids, we, we, at one point we've done our job, we launched them and then we put all the good stuff in it. It's gotta, it's gotta run by itself. So I love that, that thought of the transformation almost of Laura to get from this, you know, and, and I'm making assumptions here, crazy, crazy, busy business owner to somebody who took leadership of her life and said, I'm in charge here. And yes. uh, 
kudos to your to your consultants because yes. I mean they gave it to you straight up it sounds like absolutely <laughs> and and I also took ownership over my family I remember the day it happened I walked out of my kids elementary school and my kids were in first grade and third grade and the head of the parent teacher association came running up to me and she was like Laura 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 we have an emergency the woman who was supposed to bake the cupcakes for tomorrow got sick can you bake cupcakes for tomorrow and I was like, sure, of course I will. She needs me. I'm important. And oh, by the way, on my to-do list is to spend quality time with my kids. So I'll bake cupcakes with them. Well, okay. I also had 17,000 fires at work I had to put out and I had a presentation to a board the next day. And my husband had a, had a business dinner. So I was like on my own with my kids and you know, the dog was throwing up. I don't know. There's all sorts of things going on. <laughs> and I was like, but not only am I going to bake cupcakes, I'm going to make them from scratch because I'm super mom. So I'm like, you know, cracking the eggs and I'm like, you know, trying to do all the stuff. And I've got like the Betty Crocker book out and I'm trying to figure out and I'm yelling at my kids and we're having a terrible time and I'm burning the cupcakes. And I drive to school the next morning and I like buy store-bought cupcakes on the way. Cause I was like, I'm a total and complete failure. Here's the thing. I thought I was spending quality time with my kids by doing this thing for the school because they needed me. But it turns out that if I had said, sorry, I can't do it, she would just run up to the next mom or dad walking out of the school and said, oh my God, we have an emergency. Piazza, you have to help us. It wasn't because I was the most important or the most qualified. It was because I was the most proximate. I because somebody to made an ask. Somebody, somebody just, made an ask. If yeah. it had taken my kids 30 seconds longer to tie their shoes before we left school, she would have just asked somebody else. So I that day I drove home and I thought to myself, you know, next time I decide I want to spend quality time with my kids, I'm going to take an hour. I'm going to go to the park. I'm going to put the phone in the trunk. I'm going to take them out for ice cream and we're going to sit and we're going to be together. And that is so much better quality time than this nonsense thing that I thought I was doing because my ego wanted to be important. I, yes, I think this is important uh, to point out. One of the things that, that I say when I work with, with my, my clients, Laura, is also that when you fill every minute of your day with stuff, nothing can come in. You can't exactly. receive, right? You can't receive any new information. You can't yes. receive the download because you're, you're constantly, you're constantly chasing everything. So yes, amongst all the strategies that you have seen, which one's your favorite that you want to share with our audience today? You know, I have to say, I I'm, I want to share a strategy that my friend Carrie Lorenz, um, she wrote a book called Span of Control, which I have right here next to me. And she does this thing where she says, you know what, you have, there are three things that you can handle, three things at any given time that you can handle. And every day I sit down in the morning, I write the three things that I want to work on that day that are like mission critical, that are important, that only I can do. And I write them down in the morning. And by the time I leave my desk, I make sure they're checked off. And anything that comes over the transom that is not part of that, that is not in my span of control, that is not mission critical and important. I just don't do. I like that. That's so simple. So is that a part of your accountability to yourself? It is. So Carrie is a, she was the first female F-14 fighter pilot in the U.S. Navy. So, you know, when you're trying to land a gigantic multi-billion dollar jet on a tiny postage stamp of a of a, an aircraft carrier in gigantic rolling seas, you have to think about like meatball line of attack. Like there's only so many things you can keep in your brain. And so there are a number of us where like every few days or so we'll be like, you know, What's in your span of control, right? I, I have I have her, I have Rahaf Harfouche, I have Tasha Yurik, I have a number of other writers and speakers who we kind of check in with each other and have accountability because, you know, look, 
I could lie to myself all day long about like what I want to get done and why I don't really need to do it. And I push this off to the next day. And there's, you know, so sometimes I need help to be better than my excuses. Tell our listeners, how can we find out more about you? Yes. So again, I'm Laura Gassner Otting, and I'm the author of Limitless, How to Ignore Everybody, Carve Your Own Path, and Live Your Best Life. And all of my good friends call me LGO. So you can find me at Hey, Hey LGO on all the socials. And if you go to HeyLGO.com, that'll take you to my website. And if you are trying to figure out what's important to you and how you can create success that also equals happiness, there are four questions that you need to ask yourself. And you can find those at MyFourQuestions.com. Excellent. I really enjoyed our interview today. And I what I'm taking away from this is that the idea of running a successful business or being a leader in my life means that I have to take leadership, first of all, over what I want, and then from that reverse engineer the path to get there. So I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with our audience today. Thank you, Laura, for being here. Thank you, Beata. This was great. And that's it for us today. Thank you for listening and watching the Business Growth Architect Show. I enjoyed having you here. And for accountability, just take one of the strategies that you have heard, one thing that you can implement in your business immediately. Please leave comments. Don't forget to like and share this show. And if you have any questions about business, please put them in the comments. We are here for you. We're here to support you and help you to grow, build, and scale your own business. For more advice, please check out our website in the show notes below. Thank you again. This is Beata Chalette, The Growth Architect, and goodbye.